everybody, it's Chris Salgardo. I am the founder and CEO of Atwater Skincare. And what I love about beauty is how transformative it can be for anyone's life. From New York City, you are listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Hi, this is Mimi Banks, and you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business. Today, I have the profound pleasure to speak with my dear friend, Chris Salgardo, the founder and CEO of Atwater Skincare. Hi, Chris. Hi, Mimi. How are you? Well, I'm better now that I get to spend some time with you. I know. I'm excited to hang and talk about your amazing new business. Thank you so much. So tell us all about Atwater Skincare. So I got into skincare, or I sort of fell into it, screaming out of high school back in the early 80s when I was about 18. And at that time, I was a skinny, gawky kid, still almost 6'3", but I had really, really bad acne, as you know, so many people run across different variations of that in their life. And so I knew I wanted to clear it up, and I had done all the traditional steps working with dermatologists. And... I never really found anything that really worked. And then I landed in beauty pretty quickly because I wanted to work while I was going to school and fell into beauty. And I also recognized that in tandem with wanting to clear up my acne, I actually wanted my skin to look good for a lifetime. I always wanted to have good skin. I knew I needed to invest in it. And that started my beauty progression. And then from there, I worked with some of the biggest companies. I'd spent 10 years at Chanel starting as a makeup artist and working my way into corporate. Went to Bobby Brown for three and a half years as a regional. And then where I had the pleasure of meeting you was at L'Oreal and where I came on board when the Kiehl's brand was acquired in 2000. Stayed there until 2018. And then in this entire journey, I've been able to do really remarkable things, not only building businesses and working with some of the most incredible marketing creative minds in the industry. But I also got to learn all the ins and outs of business and being creative. And for myself, as a creative person, I knew that I had within me the ability to create my own brand, that when I looked at the beauty landscape, I saw space that I could do something. And I always had this very distinct idea. So it wasn't like, should I do this? Should I do that? It was like, I want two bars. I want one scrub. I want three moisture. I mean, I knew exactly what I wanted. So I took the very courageous step of leaving my career. I could do that. I'd set myself up you know, enough financially, mentally to be able to make a move like this. Took a little bit of time off and started to work on my skincare brand, Atwater. And I basically, when I looked at the whole beauty landscape, I saw so many holes in the space, and especially in men's, I felt that there was uh, what we were missing. There was a lot of information, but we weren't necessarily getting it from a source who had been in the business, who had sort of had done that work, had wanted to build, who really wanted to pay attention to the skin. And so and I also looked at what was happening for the future. I wanted the brand to be modern. I felt like we had a lot of stereotypes that we were still living within, such as fragrance and products, and you could still find alcohol and some ingredients that, you know, I always say very honestly, are these things going to kill you? No, but in 2023, should we be formulating with parabens and other things? I don't think so. And so Atwater was born, and we've been in business now for six months. 
What an incredible story. There's so much to talk about here from how you decided to leave your career at corporate and start the entrepreneurial journey to also what you're looking at in terms of men and skincare. So let's talk about that to start your teenage years, which I didn't know, a deep desire to understand skincare. And now you're able to share that, I would say the world, but really what is it that's important to you or what do you think about what men really need to understand about skincare? So I think number one, it's okay for you to look at yourself and say, what do I want? Do these things matter to me? And for some people, you know, it just doesn't matter. So I think it has to start too with how much you want to invest in your own time. And then once you make that decision, you know, there are so many ways that you can go about looking your best. It's one of the things I say at Atwater, all I want to do is help you look your best at whatever stage in life you are in. So I think with men in particular, we still see a lot of stereotypes that surround men and their decision-making. And I've seen that a lot from being back in the business. I see it a lot through online comments that come to me directly. I hear it a lot when I'm in store and doing personal appearances and actually have men come up to me and say, like, I don't know what my skin type is. So all that signals to me is that there's still barriers out there where men are still struggling with being comfortable about talking about their skin. And I think, you know, if we were to wind back the clock, there was distinct times where it was very much heavily promoted and said that if men care about their skin, they that was a women's game, so it wasn't very masculine, or it was egotistical. So nothing that felt very supportive about, you know, like what we hear today with self-care. So for me, I'm trying to break down those stereotypes and talk about an ease of a program that's simple yet effective, but that makes sense, that works into his routines. And by the way, I see the same thing with women too. You know, it's like that same, like, how do I make this simple? How do I do things that are going to make me feel good and look good, but aren't going to be complicated as in, in life today? And so that's one of the things that's really, that I've been focused on with this journey with Outwater. No, I think the simple skincare is really important because I think on the outside, it can be very intimidating that a lot of men find their skincare through their wives, girlfriends, partners, or somebody else. They've heard about it through word of mouth. Chris and I talk about this. I know I introduced my husband to Atwater and he can't live without it. But what's interesting <laughs> though, to your point, he didn't have face wash with him yesterday when he's traveling and he said, is it better for me to just not wash my face or use a bar soap or use something else? Like, what should I do? And it was really interesting to me that somebody who now has a skincare regimen to that lack of knowledge of men haven't been taught and there aren't necessarily go-to solutions for men. Yeah. And you bring up an excellent point, Mimi, because there's a great transference of knowledge between mother and daughter when it comes to beauty and skincare and taking care of yourself. For men, it's changing slightly generationally. I think we are, again, as we become more comfortable that we're able to do this. But like my own example, you know, was my father, you know, giving me an electric razor because what he used. And that was the extent of our beauty tutorial. You know, nothing about sunscreen, nothing about, you know, are you washing your face every day, son? Like, you know, none of that stuff was something that he paid attention to nor felt comfortable in sharing. And I think that this is what makes it honestly exciting you know, for men, because my philosophy, and this goes for 
honestly, men or for women, has always been keep it simple. Maybe you and I've worked together at the biggest beauty corporation in the world, and we've seen it all. And in my own experience, as I've aged and as I've taken care of my skin, and that's why I always like to reference how I started at 18, you're going to age. So, you know, using common sense steps, I have felt has made a lot of sense for me. And I think that, and it's not just a one stop fits everything. You know, like I say, even today with Atwater, when someone tells me, you know, I love Skin Armor, Chris, this is all that I need. It's like, well, are you getting seven hours sleep? Are you drinking enough water? Do you party too much? Like there's all these other things that come into play. But I think for men right now, and I see this with Michael because actually he's a, he's a good example because I've been using him as a test subject on some new products we have coming up. And I see the own eagerness and, his, and he asks great questions. So I, I think we're going to start to see that shift more and more as we talk to men intelligently about their skincare needs. And then we address it. And I love that you walk the talk so that there's somebody, there's a face behind the brand that's somebody who has been there and can explain it in a way that's not intimidating. And speaking of the face, just to shift gears, no pun intended, is part of building your brand is you brought in your love for motorcycles and you have this really cool <laughs> partnership with Ducati. Yeah, I've got to say, so my father was a CHP officer. And so he did a lot of time on motorcycles and he had a love for motorcycles. So we, so it was my mom, my dad, myself, and I think We've all had bikes at different times in our lives. My mom used to take the neighborhood kids for scooter rides around the neighborhoods while I had so many friends. I've been on a bike since I was 12. So I've always loved the experience of motorcycling. It's a great sport. It's one you got to be careful with because there's two types of motorcyclists. One is fallen and one who will fall. So you've got to be ready for that. But it's always been the symbol of something very exciting for me. So I was very lucky to get introduced to the CEO, Jason Chinnick of Ducati over a year ago. And we just hit it off. I mean, there's just those people in life, you know, you meet them, you're like, wow, we see things the same way. We have a love of bikes. And I've always been a Ducati fan. And even over the past four years before I'd met Jason, I was planning on getting a Ducati. So there is no coincidence. Like the universe was putting us together. It was kismet. It was complete kismet. And I started talking to him about like, hey, look, I'm I'm launching this brand, which he'd follow my journey. And there's an organization, RxArt, which I've been a board member since 2008. And their whole mission is, you know, is to promote healing through for children through art. So it's artwork that you would only see if you were a patient in the hospital. And it's really targeted towards low income. So imagine for a child, you go in, it's scary and terrifying enough as an adult, I can imagine as a child. So we go in, work with world famous, you know, we've worked with Jeff Koons and big, big names for years to put art into these hospitals. And so Ducati and I team together, we actually created a product. It's in our Clean Impact franchise, which is our body bar. What I'd love to say is that not only does it feel good, it actually does good. And we're going to raise $10,000 that will go back to RxArt for an installation that's going to go in a hospital in Syracuse. That's incredible. I love the full circle moment. And I love the fact that it's going to a great place also. Very cool. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about, because we've talked about a little bit about your past life, talked about where you came from and what brought you to where you are. 
as a fellow entrepreneur, I love hearing about the journey. I love hearing about how you got to where you are. And really, it takes a lot of courage and confidence to be able to leave what you know for what is the unknown. I'm curious just to hear a little bit of insight about your journey and what it's been like. So for me, moving through the, my whole business career, and especially coming out of the 80s and being part of the LGBTQIA plus community, I didn't know what my options were going to be, right? Like, so I kind of kept myself s small because I didn't know what kind of a living I was going to have, how I would be accepted in society, you know, what my route would be. So the three values that I have always run my life with is through a positive attitude, determination, and third is courage. Courage has saved my life more than once. And so when I got, was moving through this career and being able to do really amazing, incredible things, and also to simultaneously giving back, because I'm a very philanthropic person, I've been more successful than I ever thought. So being able to give back in the world, to the communities, to my community was important. You know, I took all that into consideration, like when I was becoming an entrepreneur, because it was when I decided to do it, I made a list of all the things that I wanted to do. And for me, I didn't want to be at the end of my life and look back and go and have any dreams on the table. So that propelled me to take this very courageous step and to move forward. But I have so much respect for entrepreneurs. It is hard. And I've learned so many lessons, even though I have been a successful operational president for such a long time. I've learned so many lessons. I made a bunch of mistakes. I've cried a lot of tears. But it's been also to the most amazing experience of my life. And I, you know, but you have to really prepare for it. And I found that even for myself, and I'm a very ambitious person, I look at the world very positive. Oh, we're going to crush it. Oh, there's so many things we can do. That's great. And you need that. That's part of that positive attitude, value one. But then you also have to really temper it with the reality of, well, what happens if it doesn't? And make sure that you are always protected financially, that you are disciplined. And that is probably something that, um, that I really emphasize with entrepreneurs when I consult with other groups and tell them, like, be ready for this. Be positive and drive your business because we need you. We need your big idea. But plan for rainy days because you're absolutely going to have them. I think that's great advice. I think the first thing going back is that courage. I think the first thing also is to be able to believe in yourself and to have the idea, but to have that courage to be able to leave. Because when you are part of the family that we are a part of, when you're part of this L'Oreal family and you're doing great and you have these brilliant people surrounding you and amazing brands with super strong recognition, high revenue, and you're part of this cheerleading squad, and then you say, okay, I want to do something for myself. It's not easy to leave that. Yeah. And I think it's something you really have to think about. And that's why the planning part of it is so huge. I think there was, you know, when I looked back at my life and I said to myself, even in this next phase, when I got into my fifties was like, I still, there's things I still want to do. I couldn't be, you know, in my old capacity for the rest of my life. I needed to pivot. And there was just other itches that I wanted to scratch. And life is full, but it's not long. And if there are things that you want to be able to get to, you've got to really think about it, plan it, and decide what are the priorities. But then once you are there, it is really structuring it in a way that you are going to be able to 
take care of yourself or take care of your family. And and it's a lot to give up. It's a trade-off. You go from having these incredible resources around you to being like, oh, it's just me running to Walgreens to pack up the boxes, which I did yesterday. <laughs> it was like figuring out, it's like, no, it's me actually going to UPS. It's me going to do all these things and, and filling out the forms and doing all of these things. Exactly. Mimi, I was at Kinko's last week, printing up cards, right, stuff right. into bags. No, right. okay? And you know what the, the other thing, interesting thing that I heard you say was about when you're talking about lessons learned, the mistakes along the way. And I would argue that mistakes help you grow even more than successes. When I looked at how I was bringing Atwater to life, I always leaned in to my mistakes and they have been my greatest teachings. Thank God they didn't crush me and that I was able to then learn from them and move forward. But I agree wholeheartedly. And all of that stuff is part of the journey, right? I often say to myself, because I have more conversations with God in my head than anything else, but you know, fear gets in our way of, of so much. And I can say, as a man of a certain years, that 99% of my fears have never materialized. I mean, even at my old company, our old company, L'Oreal, or beyond that with Lauder, or even Chanel, like everything that I worried about, 99% of it never materialized. So it's like finding that counterbalance of like, you know, I need to have enough stress to make sure that I am, I always go back to like financially protected or whatever else that the company is requiring of me. And balance it out with like, it's going to be okay, Chris, and structuring myself so I have people to support me. That's really smart. When you have that, you think about the worst case scenario and you say, okay, so what happens? Like really, what's the worst case scenario? And you're right, 99% of the time it doesn't happen because you're prepared or you've thought about it. Or even if financially you've said, you've given yourself a timeline. Like I remember when I went on my own, I started to say, okay, you know what? I'm cutting cable. I'm cutting the gym. I'm cutting all these different expenses so that it made my runway even longer or gave me more time to try to see what I'm doing. And I think that when you're an entrepreneur, you start to think differently because you don't have that those same resources, but you're driven by the passion for your project or for your brand or that idea that you have. So I want to, I have to give a plug to this audio book that I'm now reading for the second time. It's called, We Should All Be Millionaires. And it's by a woman, Rachel Rogers. And it's really targeted for women and, and it probably leans in a little bit more to minority women. She's African-American. It's my second time listening to this book. And what I love about what Rachel often says as I listening to you, it's all these things that we cut. And when we start to cut these very basic things, it just helps our life be better Then people like you, myself, we can't get to the big stuff because we're ironing our sheets or not that you know, either you or I, you know, you're cutting the gym and things that you, that are just important to keep your life moving. So um, I think it's finding that right balance and making sure we do have time to get the things done in other places that could eat up our time. Those are very wise words. And I, I wanted to also go back to something about Atwater because I thought it was very special and personal. Can you talk about where the name came from? Yeah. So it comes from two places. So let's see if I can do this and hold it together. So Atwater is, when I was first building the brand, 
it's important to note that I worked on every aspect of this brand because I wanted to have a true founder story. I leaned into areas that I wasn't necessarily doing in my previous life, like product development. And so every aspect of the brand, I wanted it to be very personal down to the choice of colors of the packaging, you know, all the names that the color comes from either the California or the New York state flag. But Atwater itself is my father's hometown in California. And I wanted the name to be, it was, it was interesting that I landed there because so for him, I'm from the town over, but we would spend a lot of time in Atwater. And so I, I was really circling in on the name, but then I'd also been on my motorcycle for 13,000 miles, raising money for AIDS and HIV, breast cancer and ovarian cancer. I had been to every little tiny town in this country, maybe that I would have never seen. And what was remarkable for me is all the people that I met, because some towns were thriving, some towns were dying, but there was just this pride that came through. And I just wanted Atwater to be every town in any town, USA, and then the world. And then, you know, my father passed away on Thanksgiving. So this became something very different very quickly. I've never thought of Atwater as just a brand, but all of a sudden in a year, where not only does it launch on the 100th anniversary of Atwater, the town, which we had no idea about, but then all of a sudden I'm giving birth to this brand and my father passes away. So there's something very spiritual about what's happened with Atwater and and it's become extremely personal and I'm happy for that. But that's where it comes from. It's my father's hometown and it's a celebration of all the other towns across this great country. That's really beautiful. And it, you talk about having a deep connection with the founder's story. I think that it can't get any more personal than that. I like to end with a question that I always find super important for people that are listening that says, wow, Chris was so successful. And now he was at a point in his career that he was able to leave and start his business. But for the people that are fellow entrepreneurs that may be in different places in their career or they're in life, but have an idea and they want to go for it, what is a piece of advice that you can give another entrepreneur? Make sure you are financially sound and fiscally responsible because I have seen, I've attended many seminars. I've listened to a lot of entrepreneurs. I've consulted with a ton of them. It is the same business acumen questions that come up every single time. And no matter how great your idea is, if you're not structured correctly from a financial perspective, your P&L, your trade terms, how you work with others, you might never get out out of first gear because all these other things matter. I simply say it this way. Always remember when you're building a business, there is no free lunch. So every penny you are paying is hitting a line on your P&L and you have to think, is this how I want to spend money? Is this how my business is going to grow? And no matter how fantastic your idea is, you can lose everything. And we've seen these stories and we've heard them many times when there's not an operational excellence. And if you don't have it, find it and partner with somebody who does. That's incredible advice. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for sharing your story and this beautiful, beautiful brand. I can't believe it's only been six months. <laughs> yes. And so much to come. We're getting a best moisturizer award. Oh, cool. Congratulations. Thank you. I got to say, I think that's a huge deal because again, we're only six months old and we have another award coming next month for best eye cream. Wow. I mean, amazing. And then we've got a lot of innovation. So it's just the beginning of the story. But thank you so much for having me, Mimi. And before we leave, if somebody wants to find Atwater, where can they find you? 
So the easiest way is to go on atwaterskin.com. That's our website, and there's great skin diagnostics on there, and you can easily navigate the brand. You can always ping us, but we honestly took all the guesswork out for men. We are available at select Nordstrom's, nordstroms.com, select Saks Fifth Avenue and Saks.com, and then very soon we're going to have two more retail partners, which are going to be announced very quickly. I'm getting goosebumps. This is so great. <laughs> Only in six months. Can you imagine if we revisit in another six months what it's going to look like? Well, please have me back. I would love to. Thank <laughs> you so much, Chris. Thank you, Mimi. This has been Beauty Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.